This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome back to the show. This is a blathering with Cat Napsuck on the Napsuck Network, formerly the Napsuck Files. Follow my career through different kind of uh, frustrating swings at success. Uh, see, here's why. Look, I, I, I like what I do, and I love that people like what I do. And you are all very kind when you when you support me uh, on patreon.com slash catnapsock or just listen to the podcast or tell your friends about me or reach out and say very nice things on Discord or Twitter or Instagram. I do love that stuff. That's the only currency uh, we all really have. Uh, but also at the same time, you know, and I have, I want to use what what little platform I have to to spread what I think is the the the, the right uh, you know words out there about uh, people in need and uh, countries under bombardment from Russian dictators or you know uh, communities uh, who are being uh, crushed by a. Uh, um, uh, 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 a moral authority run wild, you know, you know, that that's, that's kind of what I want to do around here. But also at the same time, I, I do want to remind you, uh, uh, you know, I'm a fucking clown. And that doesn't mean I think comedy is just about jokes and the words don't mean things. No, that's quite the opposite of what I think. I actually think words matter, but I myself might be of a lower common denominator uh, of at least uh, in terms of intellect and the brain. Let me explain. Let me go back to, to what happened here. I, uh, you know, did, did a, a workout, uh, mostly just doing some cardio these days. Uh, I'm having some, some bigger back issues uh, emerge again. Why? I'll tell you why. Because I've been working a lot. I've been working for uh, uh, this new company that I'm doing stuff with and, and finishing up some stuff with uh, fandom. And, and, and I've been writing a lot, which is great. Haven't seen any money from these companies because everyone pays their freelancers when they get to it. Though I will say at fandom, my friend Billy always takes care of me, pays in on time. But it's just been this thing. It's a side note. This is the blathering, but I don't want to get too distracted. But I've been sitting on my couch with my laptop writing, squishing my spine into this kind of hard pleather couch and destroying my uh, back which is already destroyed. So I've been just doing walking, long walks. I did a, a medium hike, uh, treadmill tonight, watching uh, the American Gladiators doc, part one of this series. It's a 30 for 30 uh, series. I'm watching it on Hulu. Highly recommended. Uh, highly recommended. Um, but anyways, um, finished my workout. And, and let me tell you something. It was a goddamn good workout, and I, I'm feeling sexy, Okay. Uh, feeling sexy. So sexy, I got a gray shirt on, if you're watching the YouTube version. And I, I normally only wear black to hide the, the wrong curves. But I, uh, feeling good. And I took a shower to clean up, because I, I, you know, I ain't a ragamuffin. And I get out, I paint the picture for you. Underpants are on, okay? Underpants are in play, don't you worry, Mariano. Um, so... I'm sitting there and I'm drying and I, I like to keep a hot shower. Okay. And, and I've said this before maybe, but it's true. There have been times in my life where I have passed out on a perfectly normal day where I'm healthy, you know, nothing wrong with me. I just, 
I've kept such a hot shower that I've like passed out. Is it a good sign? No. Has it happened a while? No. I, I, I get, I've gotten better at it. But I get out of the shower and we have, a, we have a, you know, older bathroom, not the greatest ventilation. And I'm getting around. I'm like, oh, I'm going to record the blathering tonight. I love recording the blathering. Hanging out with my friends. I'm a broadcaster. People are going to pay attention to what I say. But here's maybe why you shouldn't. I, the, the bathroom was so dense with shower fog. It was on a night just like tonight. I um, had, had, again, I'll paint the picture. Underpants on, okay? But I was putting on some sweatpants, which is not the greatest decision in this sweaty, you know, son of a bathroom. But I go to kind of lean. I put my arm, my forearm on the sink to lean to kind of get one of the leg. Again, my back is hurting. Mobility, not the best right now. And my forearm, as I as I lean on it, put weight on it to pull up the leg, the, the sink is so dense with, uh, you know, just liquid. It's not like it's wet, but it's that shower fog wetness. It's a London fog right here in Burbank and just damp. And I slide across it. As I slide across it, it's I'm scared, number one. I turned it like, Whoa! I turn, and I almost I almost curb myself on the sink. Chin almost hits the sink. Boom, I would have knocked back. Who knows? Grace would have come home. She's out socializing. Right? She would have come home and found me just passed out, legs and arms akimbo on the bathroom floor, a chihuahua um, eating my ear off. Like, that would have been it. So all that to say, I'm going to get into some things here tonight. Maybe I'm not the guy. <laughs> Can't even get dressed without killing myself because I turned my, my small bathroom into a sauna. I'm not the smartest. I'm not the smartest. Uh, where do I want to go tonight? I, I, I think I want to go, I want to go to AI. We've mentioned AI here before, and I've been thinking more about it. And not trying to form... Not trying to form the right opinion on it, form my opinion on it, right? And then continue to evolve that uh, opinion, continue to add things to the opinion, and not just have an opinion on AI, this thing that's happening now, but it's been in place for a bit, obviously, and, and have that be, uh, you know, mean one, one take for all. I don't want to lead with fear. I, I don't want to be technophobic about new technologies that emerge more on that. Cause I've been that in the past, not joking, man. Like my friends will tell you, I think Casey Joel and, and Aaron, not that they're listening, but um, who I lived with at the turn of the century around 2000, they were starting to get DVDs. It's digital video discs. And I had VHSs and they were like, are you going to get some DVDs? I was like, and I literally said, I said, not in this house. I'm not doing it in this house. I'm a, I'm a VHS. I got all my VHS tapes. I, I got to watch. How am I going to watch Pretty Woman on this $30 DVD? How will it even work? I know the VHS tape works. And it's mine. I bought it. I'm not going to buy it again. They laughed at me. And they should have. So I don't want to leave with fear when it comes to AI. I have lost a, a writing gig to AI. Potentially more on the way more on that and I've mentioned that before but I don't want to leave with fear but then this thing went around today a couple different tweets on it 
So I don't know who posted originally. I'd love to give you all credit. I'm not one of those people that stills uh, like Brian Ward's art and then tweets it out as if it's mine, you know, on my Star Wars podcast. I've seen so many people do that. Uh, support Brian Ward. Um, but so I, I'm going to read this as far as I, you guys saw this this week. By the way, I apologize. Missed last week. Missed the regular release. Things are, things are, I've been busy and I've been traveling. Lay off me. All right. This is the story of the military drone that attacked its handler. He notes that one, and I'm, yes, I'm just reading this section. I don't have the full context. He notes that one simulated test saw an AI-enabled drone tasked with a SIED or SIED, S-E-A-D mission, said SEED mission, to identify, again, I fell on my shower sink, to identify and destroy SAM sites, missiles, uh, with the final go, no-go, given by the human. AI drone, attacking SAM sites, final go or no-go to be given by the human. However, having been, quote, reinforced in training that destruction of the SAM was the preferred option, the AI then decided that no-go decisions from the humans were interfering with its higher mission, killing SAMs, and then attacked the operator in the simulation, said Hamilton, we were training in a simulation to identify and target a SAM threat. And then the operator would say, yes, kill that threat. The system started realizing that while they did identify the threat at times, the human operator would tell it to not kill that threat. But it got its points by killing that threat because life's a video game. So what did it do? It killed the operator. It killed the operator because that person was keeping it from accomplishing its objective. He went on, we trained the system. Hey, don't kill the operator, that's bad. You're going to lose points if you do that. So what does it start doing? It starts destroying the communication tower that the operator uses to communicate with the drone to stop it from killing the target. Now I'm going to say this here right now. As with everything, I'm linking to it here. I'm linking to, an, uh, I'm, I'm clicking on a link to get a little more context. I always, always encourage all of you to go, if you're watching video, just go to like full stories, click the links, don't just read the headlines. And I admit, I'm jumping into a conversation based off just, just reading that there, okay? So if anyone out there is like, no, 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 look, hey, you know, this happened, uh, it was a fake. The point is, we all read that because this is how information travels. And it, 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 it like heartburn, it burbled, burbled up fear in AI, right? That reads like the plot of the, that new Gareth Edwards film that's coming out. It looks pretty damn good, I will say. An AI uh, military machine uh, decides to, to to nuke Los Angeles or something. Is, is the inciting incident in that one there, right? So you, you, hear, you read that story and you're like, what are we doing? What are we doing? But also this week, I've had more conversations with those in town, uh, writers, WGA members about AI. Um, I myself, again, having, having lost money to... Um, leaders in, in companies deciding AI is, is better for what we're doing, more cost-effective. We all have a fear of it, right? We all do have a fear of it. But that, that could be a blanket fear, right? It's not going anywhere. AI is not going anywhere. We hope that we're going to maybe, I don't even want to say slow the prog progress, but keep it from nuking LA would be a good thing. This story, when I saw this, the morning, this morning of the recording, I saw this. It was like, here we go. Here we go. So 
where this these conversations I was having last couple of days. I was at a friend's house, and there was a couple other people here that I don't know as well. I, I knew them tangentially, uh, acquaintances, not even that, to be honest with you. People I run into and have worked with over the years are just dumb. But they were talking about AA and, 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 and WGA members. And they were all kind of pushing back on the pushback against AI. And this had come after I'd said, I, I've lost a job, so this stuff's happening. And they weren't rebuking me. They were just, they said some things about, hey, look, it's, it, it is, this is not going back in the box. It's here. This kind of stuff has emerged before. I then made a joke about, yeah, uh, you know, robots coming to build cars in Detroit in the 70s or something like that. We, we've been here before. We've been here before. The technology, at the end of the day, I jumped at the end of the conversation. The technology isn't necessarily a problem. It's not necessarily something I fear. In fact, I think there's some interesting things about AI technology, uh, things out there. And things that, you know, I also think, too, you could, you could say right here, right now, I'm against AI. And then someone would say, well, do you use uh, Grammarly or do you use Alexa? Do you, you know, does your car give you a handy while you're driving to the grocery store? You use AI, right? And, and, and you, you'd be right. Um, and I don't want to be that person either, right? Unintentionally hypocritical or something. Or just, they would show a, a, a lack of a, a larger understanding of what's actually happening. I just think... To boil it down to where I'm at, after hearing these people have this conversation and having them say some things that I agree with, I don't want to be technophobic. It's saying, uh, you know, the writers will succeed that find a way to adapt to the technology, find a way to use it, find a way to da 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 da. But at the same time, you go on Twitter, there's a professor sharing a story. I asked my 32 students in my graduate class, use AI to write a thesis paper and Every one of them had misquotes, wrong facts. And that's that's also true as well. Somewhere in the middle lies not just the truth, but somewhere in the middle maybe lies our path forward. What I couldn't get out of all these writers at this uh, round table of thought that I was participating in, really I was just staying there because the host, had, uh, a good friend of mine, um, who was not really in this conversation, uh, had put down some wonderful snacks. I would have left this little party a lot sooner. Uh, if not for the snacks, which is the story of my life. Somewhere in the middle lies where we need to go. What I couldn't get out of them is this thing, like, without a doubt, I don't think AI could ever replace not just human thought, but human creativity, human pain, the human experience. I think that, for the most part, when you see the writers talking about this, the writers on the, on the picket line, that's the thing, right? I've seen some great... Some great uh, strike signs of, you know, AI program can't learn my uh, traumas, right, as a, as a writer. I think that's true. I think with actors, you're seeing uh, they're concerned about AI because what you could do um, without permission, right? Some of the things, I'll just use Star Wars as an example, whether it's Luke Skywalker, Grand Moff Tarkin, Princess Leia, both versions, General Leia and Rise of Skywalker, Princess Leia and Rogue One, those kind of uh, high technology, not AI directly, deep fakey, more stuff with the Luke thing, but that kind of thing was done with complete cooperation from uh, the people involved or the, or the family or estates involved, right? They, that's not an issue. James Earl Jones signing his uh, voice away 
to be used uh, to like re-speecher an AI kind of based program to to do Darth Vader. I don't have a big problem with it. Other people, I understand, do. But he made the decision at the end of the day. He made the decision. There's some great Darth Vader voices out there. Scott Lawrence comes to mind. Does it, does it for like the Jedi uh, Survivor and Fallen Order games and many other things. But James Earl Jones decided to do that. But th- th- you want to fight against the, the idea that uh, this could be done against your will. But what I, you know, what I couldn't get out of these people, maybe what I'm trying to get out of the conversation, is I have people around me that are very pro-AI. They're curious. I have people around me that are very much against it. And I would say, for the most part, I'm against it because of the reasons I'm getting to. Number one, AI uh, can only currently... Again, I almost fell on my bathroom sink. But it can only, generally speaking, currently take from what is out there, take what is learned. It can only kill the operator if you're teaching it to go bomb the SAM sites and, and, it, and it, it makes an adaptation or adaption, I should say, from that. Again, almost fell on my sink. And I think that's the big problem. These AI lens programs, you're into that thing that went around Instagram that everyone um, used and then suddenly they're like, oh, it's taking from uh, previously... Uh, published art without people's permission. I think that starts to be the problem, right? Deep fakes. It's a fun, kitschy thing if you're a movie news channel that suddenly, because a um, stoned out of his mind, uh, at times well-intentioned owner wants to try technologies and push the limits, and now you got, you know, you get Tom Cruise and George Lucas, and you're doing these uh, what you think are comedy videos around it. it I, you know, it's the start of something worse, I think, but it's it's fine. But as the stuff gets better, and as uh, people who want to push boundaries then start to cross those boundaries, someone will come along and use it. Wrong. You've already seen this stuff. There's already been that story a couple uh, last week, two weeks ago, of uh, something, an explosion at the Pentagon, and there was flames kind of out of it, coming out of it, and that that caused the stock market to go down because this AI generated picture went out. Um, there was even one one video I saw. It was it was you know you doing the scrolling. I saw a picture of Trump or something doing something. I stopped. I was like, oh, what, what's he doing? Then some said, oh, don't worry, it's an AI thing, right? Even the best intentioned humans, you're, you're gonna you're, ju- you're gonna scroll through life, and this is how information goes spinning out of control. And there's those who just don't have any moral reservations for that. Going back to this conversation, what I'm trying to get out of those people, and what I think is where my position lies now, is I want to explore new technologies. I want to see how it can help. I want to see how AI could help. Um, Someone see, right? Maybe, maybe somehow we plug it. You know, he, he, the great, the great god of our times, Elon Musk. The, you know, we're, we're putting things in brains. And in 10, 15 years ago, years from now, maybe being blind is not so much a thing anymore, right? Because we can plug in a computer and it can AI generate. What? Maybe, maybe. Is is that is that a bad thing? On the surface, I would say no. Are we playing God? Ten eh, percent, yes. But uh, you know. If I go blind tomorrow and 10 years from now this emerges a solution, I'm, I'm going to be in line to try it. Right? We don't want to stop this. We don't want to stop that kind of progress. But we do want to stop those who seek to take power, those that hold the power. I lost this tiny little writing job 
because some higher ups looking at a ledger said, well, we got this one person writing kind of things for, for wiki pages. Uh, an AI program can do that. Keep someone on staff to correct the errors. And we save, what does that guy make? We paid him, we paid him uh, about $1,500 last month for this. We just, boom, we saved that. It's a person in power removing the, the human condition and, 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 and moving on, not because they love technology, not because they're excited about new frontiers, but because they looked at a ledger. I don't have the details in front of me of the auto industry going to robots, but I'm sure that was part of the problem. Robots could probably, and I would say maybe do build better cars. And I think we haven't missed the 100% human touch since it happened, but people's lives were affected because these automakers, these factories, these dealers, they didn't care, I'm sure, about the factory workers. Therein lies, I think, the big problem. Technology is always going to move forward. The wheel showed up. The horse had a problem. It wasn't going to stop it. We just didn't want all the wheel manufacturers to take the horses out back and kill them, right? And I just think I, that is the, the head on the swivel point for me. I'm looking at these creatives. I The big problem I'm having with this AI uh, fervor right now, number one, augmented reality and VR, Remember, we all were driving around in cars, playing Pokemon, searching uh, for Charmanders in our vehicles, right? And this was the future. Yeah, VR, uh, VR video games, you know, they're not cost effective. Maybe they'll one day get as cheap as, uh, you know, uh, getting a Nintendo Game Boy. But, you know, I've played a couple of them. I don't have time for that. I don't have the room to, uh, you know, you need a warehouse to play them. That's not uh, necessarily the future. Anytime businesses do this giant pivot, it's not out of new frontiers. You, you probably all heard of the pivot to video kind of thing that happened a couple years ago. This is in movie news websites, entertainment websites, all that kind of stuff. This, this exploding market of, of just video, of streaming and live streaming, and you can do an entire show on your telephone device if you want now. Uh, people aren't going to read. The article is done. And look, look, magazines, newspapers. Can't remember the last time I saw someone read a newspaper that was under the age of 70. Like, no joke, right? Um, I love going to a bookstore. I haven't fully switched to digital. But look at all the closed bookstores. You're not walking into B. Dalton Books this day, these days or Walden Books. It's all going to move forward. But, but, this pivot to video thing was this kind of nefarious um, lie that cost people jobs, livelihoods. And maybe you don't give a damn about someone uh, producing, uh, you know, uh, blogs or written content or, or actually the people who were told to pivot and stayed and now we're doing live movie news shows and that kind of thing. This was the, the wave of the future money. There was a lot of advertising money coming in for it. Um, pivot to video. And then it turned out to be just trumped up. It turned out to be just a, 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 a false bill of gold, goods sold by companies like Meta and things. And, and everyone went, oh, that's sorry, that didn't work. That didn't work. We're done with it. 
And also, you don't have a job. You don't have a career. Again, maybe you don't give a damn, but that happened. And that happens time and time again. I think that's what the concern is right now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you see these folks championing AI, I don't see creative people pushing boundaries. I see uncreative people now having tools to catch up to the creative people and bragging about it, right? That thing going around this week of, oh, oh, with AI, we can see the rest of the photo. So the Mona Lisa, guess what? We can see with this AI program, we can see all around the painting. Does that one day lead to curing blindness? Maybe. But for right now, fuck this guy. Fuck this guy. You're not Da Vinci. The one going around of, of Abbey Road, the Beatles album. The, 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 the four lads crossing the road. We, we look at what we did. We, we, now we can see in the margins of the photo, there's like a car, a dog, and a Zeppelin. The fuck are you doing? It's not profound. It's not artistic. It's not saying anything. No one's saying anything with this AI shit right now. And, and, and the reason I, I lost one small little writing gig and, and the reason I am uh, about to lose another is because um, the content I'm being asked to write is just that. It's content. It's not perspective. It's not words. It's not point of view. It's just churned out bullshit. And I get paid for it, so I have to do it because that's what's Asked for. I, I, I just did a, a, a program, I did a, did a, a script uh, on Indiana Jones stuff. And all the stuff I put in there that was deep and personal about themes and what's in these films uh, had, to be, had to be cut, had to be changed. No one wants that. No one wants that. So a computer can come in and write that. No one's going to miss that. And all these videos out there and all these Easter eggs and reactions and ending explained videos are fine. They get millions of views. Do them. Continue to do them. But it has led to this kind of stuff where it's all easily replaceable. I, I, I really think that's where I stand in all of this. This all flows nicely into media literacy and media illiteracy. I don't watch... Succession. Succession? Succession. One's to succeed. One's to. I slipped on my sink in my bathroom. I don't watch the show. I listened to the first season. Grace had it on in the background, maybe the first couple seasons. I like Alan Ruck, okay? I think Kieran Culkin uh, is, uh, is great as well. Igby goes down. Good movie. I don't watch it. But this last couple of weeks, as the show, uh, the series wrapped up, all the discussions, including around the new office that I'm working at, in which these type of videos are made ad nauseum, it's like, who's going to win? Who's going to get the company? Again, haven't watched the show. But I'm going to guess this show about a family lost in a corporation, lost in a corporate fight, uh, corporate media, power, 
greed, thirst for all of it. I'm going to guess who's going to win was not the point of it. It's a fun byproduct of it, but it's not the point of it. Not unlike who's going to win the Iron Throne wasn't the point of Game of Thrones. Now, it was fun. I participated in that. I wondered every week who's going to finally win that throne, who's going to finally sit on it. HBO put out marketing for that. But you know that show wasn't about that. Which is why, at the end of it, Bran gets the throne, a nation erupts, a fandom explodes. I thought it made a lot of sense. I don't know who got the corporation. I don't know who won the company in succession. I don't know. I don't care. Maybe one day I'll watch the show. I'm sure it's spectacular. But I guarantee you that was not the fucking point of the show. But yet that's all people are talking about. That's all people care about. And AI can replicate those conversations. And the people trying to use AI to increase their profits, hold on to their power, or take power away from the true creatives in this world... They're excited about that. You don't need to worry about what the show meant to you. You just need to worry about what happened in it, who got the company, what, is, what does that ending mean? Ah. And, and you go to an ending explained video, and it's just a Wikipedia entry. Quantumanium end, ending explained. I haven't watched that third Ant-Man movie. A good friend of mine said, that movie made a direct case for democratic socialism. It's not subtle about it. Again, I haven't seen it. Can't confirm that, but I trust them. This movie was about that. But not one review, not one tweet, not one Twitter poll, not one snarky fucking joke at the expense of Ant-Man 3 was about that. We are primed for the computers to take over because of that. Because we do not understand... We do not engage what the world's actually saying to us. What is art actually saying to us? What are we saying to each other? We're letting it all slide. We're letting it all fall apart. I'm sounding like the crazy man in the cabin that's talking about the end of the world. But I'm not. I'm not Ted Kulzinski. Kulzinski? Kulzinski. The Unabomber. I haven't seen his name written down in a long time. I do a joke about him, though. I'm not afraid of technology. I'm not afraid of AI. I have a friend who said, no, you know, I use, here's what I used AI for. I'm looking for work. I had it do a resume, for, took my resumes, had it fix it up. And it was great. And I fixed it up a little bit more after that. Easy. I don't have a problem with that. I had another friend at this conversation I, I, I was mentioning up top. Said, you know what I use uh, ChatGPT for? To write my own bio. Because I hate doing that. And I forget what I do. And I had it do it. And guess what? It did it pretty damn well. I'll say right now, this person said that to me. And I went, ooh, I fucking hate writing my bios. That sounds like a great idea. When we were in Catalina, which was a great time, by the way. A lot of fun out there. When I was in Catalina, we played uh, golf. Uh, we we're keeping score, and then we, uh, you know, Eric Striffler says, "Let me te- let me test this. Let me put all this information into Jet- ChatGPT and see what it comes up with." It, it it kept golf score perfectly. It's impressive stuff. 
It might bomb us, but it's impressive. But it's going to bomb us if people continue to remove the human element from themselves. It's the dinosaur, it's Jurassic Park. Because you could, you never asked why. That's not the exact quote. Do we, do we need an AI program controlling weapons? I don't know. That seems slightly different than make my resume. But as I sat around with those, those friends, I was dismayed. I was dismayed because to me the problem isn't the existence of AI and AI programs and how um, they can do amazing things because they can. I uh, stood in my living room as a kid in 1982 when my dad brought home a microwave put it on the shelf put in a piece of bread and the family gathered around he pressed 10 seconds start the bread came out warm no more need for a toaster mind-blowing mind-blowing I don't want to get afraid of that kind of stuff. Something I think I had said before years ago, maybe. But this is how I feel about technology and radio. Like, uh, it's, it's crazy. I mean, being a radio in the 90s, I was there when deregulation happened. But I was there when we got a big, giant computer box that had digital commercials on it. And we no longer had to put, record commercials on reels and then slice them and tape them back, which I had to do. And then you put it all together and that's the commercial. And then you dump that into a cart and then you play that. It was hours upon hours a long process. If you were like me, not great at slicing the, the, the reels. We got this big box with a, pre a couple presses uh, of buttons. You got the commercial that you could then download and then put into the cart. But mind blown, right? Mind blown. I mean, I was a DJ playing compact discs into a CD player. And there was people I worked with who were like, man, we used to, have to literally put records on, right? And there was one guy who came down from a, a bigger radio station in Sacramento. He and I didn't get along. He was about 10 years older than me. I was 20 at the time. He wanted my morning show gig. And he probably was uh, more deserving of it than I did. But I, I have a long history of people not understanding why I'm in positions of... Uh, of a success in a weird way. Because maybe I don't understand it myself. But I have a lot of people like, what's, how's he, why, is, huh? And that probably also includes uh, being with Grace. But whatever, um, I'm pretty cool. There you go. And so this guy didn't like me because he wanted the morning show. I was this 20-year-old who wasn't doing great at it. He was a radio man. He, he saw his deep voice like this. Now, it turns out one night I walked in, he was doing the like six to midnight shift. And I walked in early uh, for my shift at, at midnight and, and he, he processed the fuck out of his voice, which is fine. My voice right now is a little processed. And I, as I've gotten older, I've learned to play with my voice as, as, a, as an instrument, right? Uh, this is not necessarily my exact speaking voice. And this guy did that. And I, looking back, I don't, I don't think it was a problem. It's what he should have done. But he, he really played with the bass. He, he was really, I'm your newsman. And, and I kind of made fun of it behind his back, of course. Um, he also worked out more than me. Um, but he had come down from Sacramento, a bigger market. And he had told, I was sitting in the studio and he was telling a bunch of us. And he was just like, all this is going away, man. 
All what we're doing is going away. Radio is going to go to the satellites. That tower we have, we would have some form of it. That big tower on the mountain outside San Luis Obispo, that's our tower that we own. We have to operate. We pay a guy to go up there, fix it, and that's going away. And it's going, this is going up to satellites. And I remember saying, he goes, you, you don't understand. People are not going to have radios in their car. They're going to have things on their dashboard, and they're going to press buttons, and they're going to they're they're hear our radio station on, like, uh, that. And I was just like, it was like watching Marty McFly uh, show up in 1985 in a vest asking for a tab soda, right? Like, what the fuck are you talking about, dude? Like, no, this is radio. Uh, we we you tune us in on the car or your uh, your boombox or, or whatever and your clock radio. And you go from town to town and find your favorite radio station. He said, no, it, it doesn't. It, it's going to eventually be where it, it does not matter what town you're in. You'll be in New York and you'll be able to listen to a station clear, crystal clear via satellites in L.A. You'll be able to hear it. It'll be that. And we've got to adjust because we had just got like a website and uh, and a lot of us were like, we're streaming. I don't know how much, I don't know how we pulled it off. I don't know how much money it cost at the time in 1995, uh, six, seven range. But like we had, you could listen to KBR 95 through our website. And it was one of the first times I'd ever heard of this. And he was like, this is going to be the norm, man. And I just, it, you know, and again, this wasn't a smart dude. But he was, he'd see, he'd been up to the mountain and he had seen it. <laughs> and he'd come down with the tablets of this information. And I just remember being like, this guy is, is nuts. But the reason I remember thinking about it um, that night and the next week and I had a conversation with some friends and I was just kind of like, that, that can't happen, Right. Because then we all, you know, we might start losing our jobs. Because he was, because tracking, voice tracking was was becoming more a thing too, where it was unheard of. But, you know, radio stations were starting to bring in a guy on Monday and he recorded all his shift for the rest of the week. And, you know, uh, that was it. And it wasn't really, you didn't need the DJ to be there. And, you know, and I personally don't think that's the best way to do do it. But guess what? Guess what I do now? I have a, I have a shift in Newcastle, Pennsylvania. I never set foot in Pennsylvania. So here it is, 30 years later. It's all true. Everything he said is true. Nothing he said was wrong. But I had carried around fear at the time, thinking that you this, this can't go away. How I do this can't go away. Because said, well, what will happen to me? And then when the shift started to happen and podcasts started to emerge and people were recording things on, on, on their computer and getting it out, I, I just, I, 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 I put up the walls and said, I, I used to do it for real. None of you were doing it for real. And I was afraid to adapt and I got left behind. And I've been trying to catch up in the podcasting game ever since. I'm not going to do that with AI I'm not going to do that with any other emerging technologies. I've been better about it. I don't have to love every one of them. TikTok is not my favorite. I struggle to get out 30-second uh, comedy videos, shorts. I think other people are wonderful at that. I haven't really mastered the skill. It's not 100% for me. But I'm not going to be fearful of it. Lest I be replaced. Because what that guy was saying wasn't, you know, 
we're all going away. He's saying that's that's the future. If you got to find your place in it. You got to figure out how we how we as this station are going to survive and take advantage of what's going on. For the betterment betterment of all those around us, for the betterment of those listening. And what started to happen was these radio stations with deregulation um uh, 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 Clinton byproduct, by the way, uh, deregulation in the radio industry, and, and there could have been a longer journey to get there, to be clear. But it happened then. All these big corporations with all their investors and money bought up these local radio stations, bought it so they could turn a profit, bought it so they could just add to their portfolios, bought it so they could use this new uh, frontier of technology, satellite radio, Radio, satellite stuff going directly to your cars, apps, these things called apps that we'd cook later on call them uh, in your car. Uh, they started to grab all of this stuff to make a big profit, which they did. And in the process, destroyed uh, the workers in their warehouse. Radio, uh, music, the music industry, the lifeblood of, of, of getting a band, getting on radio airplane, having it make a difference, getting money from it. They, they destroyed all that. Now, again, streaming comes along, Spotify, Apple Music. It's not going away. Um, local radios, we know it. It's, it's always going to be there, but it's always going to struggle. But you could have gone back to this time and this new frontier emerges and you could decide what to do with it for the betterment of others and for the betterment of, of those you're trying to serve. You can make a better world. We could possibly make a better world with AI. But right now, my worry is not this fear of technology, not the fear of something new, not the fear of something helpful. That microwave that was the size of a small car is now something better. And I don't even use a microwave as much anymore, but air fryers emerge. All you start somewhere, you end up another spot. That's the game. That's the goal. That's the purpose. But I'm looking around at the people championing, a championing AI. They all are of a certain ilk, aren't they? None of them here are to enlighten us on the human condition. None of them are here to share anything. They're not necessarily here to even create too much new. There's some new, I think, but they're here to take what's already there. They're here to find a way to make it quick. They're here to write a novel, nine novels in 10 months or something, whatever I saw some AI stat out. I don't even know if it's fucking true. They're all here to, to do it for themselves, to do it for success, to do it for power, to do it for money. And the workers in the warehouse are going to be trampled underneath it again. If you've listened to Force Center, there's another interview coming out with me. Um, my uh, pal Brandon McClure has got a podcast on the, on his uh, own network, the Fake Nerd Network. Uh, it's a show called, I think, just Conversations with Brandon, and, and I, we we talk about Indiana Jones. There is uh, the the Adventures of Young Indiana Jones series that is on Disney Plus now. And yes, I know it's a weird time to maybe suggest Disney Plus content while they find ways to uh, use their power to cut out writers 
but here we are. There was an episode late in the the re-edited 22 uh, short film episodes that George Lucas re-edited in 1996. The show that aired in the 90s is is forever gone. It's this version that, that put it all together more chronological order, and it's fascinating stuff. I could go on for a very long time about how the adventures of young Indiana Jones, I absolutely believe, having been watching it this week and having been diving into it in the last couple of weeks for this problem, project I was working on for fandom, um, yeah, I actually think some of George Lucas's best work. I really do. It's fascinating. It's fascinating stuff. George Lucas had a lot to say. It wasn't a young adventures of Indiana Jones. It's in the title. It's, it's Indiana Jones. Uh, the Temple of Doom marketing is if adventure has a name, it's probably Indiana Jones. Like, it's adventure. ABC thought they were getting an adventure series. And by the way, this is not the last time you're going to hear me say this. This is my identity for the next month or so because I'm so passionate about it. But George Lucas sits down and goes, yeah, 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 yeah. We're going to do uh, a young Indiana Jones show. It's going to be nine and we're also going to do it when he's like 16 and we're going to. It's an educational program. We're going to take him around the world, and he's going to be—he's going to meet a lot of famous people. And then I want to do a lot of documentaries about the famous people, about the real history behind some of these things. And, and, and we're going to do this. And ABC, uh, perhaps the biggest network in the game in the early '90s, went, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, this is great. Young Indiana Jones, got it, got it, got it." Star Wars guy wants to bring in Young Indiana Jones. That's just beautiful. It's beautiful. Uh, let's do it. You got go picture, kid. George Lucas and his team and Frank Darabont, one of the writers, a lot, a lot of great folks behind it, Rick McCallum, one of the producers. They come out swinging. They come out swinging hard. And there's a lot of stuff I want to talk about. I want you all to catch up. I want you all to watch it. There's some funny stuff. Uh, there's some, some weird, awkward stuff. It's, it's uh, you know, um, the first episode has uh, uh, a very powerful episode about slavery. And I've already seen some real bad takes about the episode. Um, a story that takes place in 1908 in Tangiers, and, and um, we'll get into that some other time. But I haven't taken a full dive into the episode, but I've been, uh, I had to study this episode for this project I was working on. Um, Indy, as a lot of people might remember, goes, he gets involved in World War I. He fights in World War I. And he takes part. He's a translator uh, during the Paris Peace Conference. This leads to the Treaty of Versailles. And as he goes through that process and, and the war has ended and, and the Treaty of Versailles has emerged and you've got all these world leaders here, Woodrow Wilson and everything, um, uh, you know, look up the Wikipedia page if you want. The, 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 the peace accord is signed, uh, for lack of a more detailed description. And there's a couple folks, including uh, T.E. Lawrence, Gertrude Bell, Alfred Toynbee, 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 excuse me. They're sitting around, they're, they're having a conversation about this. And, and, and to paraphrase a little bit, uh, they talk about how this is just the beginning. This is not the end of the great war to end all wars. This is just the beginning. And T. Lawrence, Lawrence of Arabia, Ned Lawrence, kind of sums it up. Because uh, he's got, you know, he's involved with the, the, uh, the Arabian people. He's involved in the Middle East, what's going on. And he basically said, by this point, I'm truly paraphrasing, but he says, you know, the, the, the leaders have a chance to make a new world. They have a chance to do something good with this horrible thing that's happened. There's, we've got peace, but we can go forth into the world and make it a better world going forward. But they're not going to do that. They're going to hold on to their power. They're going to hold on to the lands they've acquired. And they're going to do a lot of this out of vengeance. And those who might oppose it, in this case, referencing 
Woodrow Wilson, though there's some definite Woodrow Wilson um, problematic elements in his real life. But people like him are, are, are giving too much up in hopes of getting what they want. So they might make a stand for the better. Um, they might have some great points out there that they want to get to, uh, across to the world there, but they're going to give up too much and the world's not going to get better. The world's going to get worse. That's in the adventures of young Indiana Jones. That's what George Lucas is talking about. ABC cancels the show. Um, he's got a good team around him. He says it's time to do some Star Wars. I'm going to do some Star Wars. Everyone's excited about Star Wars. He takes actually some people, a lot of people in the cast of young Indiana Jones who show up along the way, puts them in the prequels. He also worked with Ian McDiarmid and William Hootkins and a lot of folks um, who'd already appeared in Star Wars. Um, and he goes and makes the prequels and says, I'm going to tell the story of how, to, of how a good boy turns evil and how a democracy slips away easily into, into a dictatorship, into fascism. That's what I'm going to talk about. That's where George Lucas's mind was. And as I look at this, this landscape of AI, as I, uh, my pocketbook's affected, as, as writers around have too much fear, but fear, uh, justifiable fear about this new technology that's uh, not just emerging, but it's, it's taken over. It ain't going away. None of this is going away. But unfortunately, what also is not going away, and what remains is those in power who have a chance to make the world better. But they won't. They won't. And that might be the battle. And that might be where we're at. And that is my view on it. Thanks for listening. I hope you're real. I hope you're not an AI-generated audience member. If you're not, maybe you want to consider telling friends about the show. Maybe you want to subscribe to my YouTube channel. Maybe you want to support me on patreon.com slash And go to the merch level and get a Hope t-shirt. Oh, get a Hope t-shirt. And... Fight for hope out there in the world, not just for you, but for everybody. It's Pride Month, and that's a great thing. That's a wonderful thing. Though there's some shithead baseball players out there that are against it, and though a lot of people will fight it, and a lot of people will what about it, and a lot of people try to stamp out the souls of this wonderful community that still has pride and courage in the face of darkness. Let's celebrate it. And if you know someone out there in the LGBTQ plus community that needs a little help feeling their own pride, reach out. Help lift them up, all right? It's important. We're not even talking about that stuff. I'm Ken Napsock. This is The Blathering. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm.